5 o'clock comes, 5 o'clock goes, and what's going to be? The kid is still writing the paper. So you got, how many guys know the answer? You guys know. Okay, you got one there. You don't know the answer? Two? Okay. So three, and shut up. So 5 o'clock comes, 5 o'clock goes. Kid's still doing the paper, and the professor says, I don't care what you write. You could be writing the entire American Constitution. It doesn't matter. I'm not accepting the paper. The guy says, in those days, you didn't, I guess it's probably the same in college today. You don't put your name on the paper. You use your Social Security number. Do you remember doing that, Social Security numbers? That would have Can you imagine? What was the ID number? It was 04240 That's how I learned my social security number because that was my college number. Can you imagine putting your social security number on a college paper today? The world changed. Anyway, a lot of things changed in the world. I told the people today, I was giving an example of how the world changed. Um, move over. I was real. Move this way. No, no, move the table this way. I said, you guys want to understand how the world changed? I said, I'll tell you how the world changed. When I was a teenager, and I loved the ocean, and I liked the sun, so you go on the beach, and you'd go to the store before, and you'd buy baby oil, and you'd put the baby oil on your body, and you would fry yourself, literally fry yourself in baby oil. Right? That's, that's what you're doing. But you go further with that. You take a mirror. Remember those mirrors? And you fry yourself with a mirror. Can you imagine? That's what we were doing. And we were proud of it. Because the browner you were, the better you were. Right? That's, that's what we did. Crazy. The world, cra the, world cra the world changed. Anyway, going back over here, so this professor says, so this, you know, like, I'm not taking your paper, and the kid says, do you know my name? And the guy says, I don't know your name, I don't give a damn what your name is, I'm not taking your paper. So he gets up, and he takes his, pa his, his <laughs> paper, and he stuffs it in the middle of all the other papers, and the professor's stuck right now. That's the shot of Tefillah B'tzibur. When you buy yourself, the professor, meaning Hashem, can take the paper and throw it away. But when you're within the community, with you in the kihila, the tefillah works. So he says, the ayudezeh, by saying that tefillah that you, that you makabal, that you love every Jewish person like yourself, then all your tefillahs are accepted because it's not individualized. It's not like you have an IRS audit. It just goes through the the quick system, you know. Okay, that's that's what that's what the Arizal says. One more thought on this is a famous famous story that happened with the Sasava Rebbe. Everybody knows the story about that. When I started, you all know it. The Sasava Rebbe said that he once learned Avas Yisrael from two drunks that were in a bar that he saw that they were all shikr and they were sitting outside of a bar and he was walking by and he learned what, what does it really mean to have Avas Yisrael. So he said one 
one uh, drunk said to the other drunk, you know, buddy, do you love me? And the other one said, I love you so much. And the drunk said, if you love me so much, what makes me happy? So the drunk said, I don't know what makes you happy, man. You tell me what makes you happy, and I'll do anything for you. So that first drunk said, you don't really love me that much, because if you really love me, you would know what makes me happy. The story has a different girsa, which is the exact opposite. When one drunk said to the other, do you know what's bothering me? And the guy says, I don't know, but I love you, so tell me what's bothering you, and then I'll help you get through it. And the drunk said, if you really loved me, you would know what is bothering me. By the way, for the record, women believe in this story a lot because they believe that we should know exactly what is bothering them. And certainly when it comes to gifts, we are certainly supposed to know exactly what will make them happy. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, then they're just... Not, not married. married. They're, they're not married. <laughs> anyway, that was the famous story with the Kedushas, with uh, the Sus of a rabbi. Okay, it's on its way. It should be there 10.15. Yeah, it's right upstairs now. Okay, who's going to go get it? It's a van. You want to go get it? Uh, is it here? Okay, who wants to who wants to look at this before we start learning inside? Yeah, is that I don't know if it's got the right spot. It should be here already. It's already out. He is on this block right here. Yeah. He's where? Which side? Uh, the front. The front door. Front door. Front door. <laughs> Okay. Is an emergency. Something is I think that Biden is finished. I think today. Also, yeah, also because they've been giving Israel a very hard time. What? That's also true. They're giving, they're giving, giving uh, Israel very hard. If Biden's against Trump, he'll win. Anyone else, Biden will lose. That's what I. That's what I think. Tell me that doesn't count. Because Trump is hated that much. I don't think. So. People think that Trump would be way worse than Biden. Is. Biden has no. He's you know, not. Already had four years of Trump in the country, but. Yeah, but no. people hate him, so does it make a difference? Uh, but, but those okay, we we're gonna keep uh, away because uh, in uh, one moment I know it's gonna we're ever gonna have an eruption here. That's right. That's right. We're gonna do that in one second. Do you think you found it upstairs? Now it's coming. Yeah, I would see it. Oh yeah, yeah. You I see it? It's still the camera. I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the TV over there. It's an expensive little movie, I bought. Yeah. It's a nice screen. It's a, it's a, it's a nice screen. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so let's eat. Let's get. You want to eat or you want to learn the Gemara? Or do you want to learn Dusha's Lady first? You want to learn first? No, we'll eat. Okay. 
So I'll open it up over here. Now this, I got to tell you, this blew me out. This absolutely, I, I found this. It's very, it's a small nuance. But we're living in a world, today I was watching some videos I should have watched from October 7th. It was a little bit painful. I, I don't know, it's like, I feel, part of me feels as though you have to watch all this stuff and you have to feel all of this because imo enochi b'tzara. And then part of me, after I do it and I feel depressed and angry, then I feel like I shouldn't be doing it. And then I go back and I do it. Which means I'm addicted. Maybe not, but whatever it is. I do it because I feel it's the right thing, but then I get sick from it. I was reading this, this Kedusha Slavey, and it felt like that this was the cure a little bit to the, to the, the larger problem that we have that the anti-Semitic world wants to just get rid of us. Okay, Hine, I'm going to read this to you. Start, it's the second paragraph here. This happens to be the Kedusha Slevi on Matan Torah. Okay? It's in Chukas. It's not over in this part. It's over there. It's on Matan Torah. And what's... I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. It's specifically about when the Jewish people did wrong. But it's on the concept of what is a leader. Now, we all know who the Kedusha Slevi was. He was the ultimate defender of the Jewish people. Vihine, and he says, behold, yeshnei b'chinus, there are two categories of b'mochiach, b'mochiach Yisrael. When it comes to people who are giving rebuke to the Jewish people, and their purpose is that they want the Jews to do what's right. So there's two types of personalities, two types of fathers, two types of educators. Most of us have come in contact with one, which is really not the best category. But there's two types of these people. So now he explains. The first one is the one that we want to emulate. Echad is the one when he gives direction or musr, he does it with positive. Positive. What does that mean? He says to every Jewish person, You've got such a big neshama. You've got such potential. You've, got, you've done so much good with your life already. And your neshama, where's your neshama come? Your neshama comes from the Kisiyah Kavod. You're just incredible. Because the truth is, Nishmas Yisrael, the Jewish soul, it's coming from above, its original source is from above the Kisiyah Kavod. You're so big, you're so high, you're so wonderful. The God and Ruach, and not only that, but you give God such an Achas Ruach, Asher Yisbarach, Kav Yachol, that God gets so much pleasure from you. The mitzvah is called Ish Yisrael, from each mitzvah that a Jew does. This is what. This is how one person gives the direction. The God of Hasimcha, 
and you're creating so much happiness. Bechol ha'olamos, in all the words, in all the worlds, ba'asos ish Yisrael mitzvah when one Jewish person is doing any type of mitzvah. So again, you are so great. You have such a big neshama. You are so powerful. You have such immense ability. You make God so happy when you do a mitzvah. Not only do you make God so happy, but the whole world was created for you to to make the to do this mitzvah. And this type of of direction, this type of musa that you're giving, Mata as slave Yisrael causes a, a Jewish person. He says he's a Jewish person to bend causes the Jewish person to bend and want to do what God wants. The Kabbalah called Ish Yisrael Amalchus Shemaim Olav. That each Jewish person wants, after you hear this positive energy, you want to do what's right. Okay, so that's one type of person. Super positive, getting Jewish people to change from the positive. But then there's a second type. You got another guy who he gets everybody to do what's right by speaking tough and by embarrassing people until eventually they do what's right because they're embarrassed, because they're tired of getting yelled at, because it hits them deep down in the solar plexus. But it's not from a happy place. It's from a negative place. So what's the difference between the two? Remember, they're both ending up doing the same thing. They're both keeping Shabbos. They're both not eating trade. One is coming from this, this place of, go, of doing it because he feels that, wow, I have such a, he's being told he has such a great neshama, and it's all positive. And the other one is like with you. You have one guy comes in and he's got not good teeth and you say, listen, your teeth really are beautiful. You could be a movie star. But it's not going to happen if the teeth are going to fall out. You know? It's just not going to look pretty. You're going to look like Grandma in the uh, Beverly Hillbillies, you know? It's not, it's not, it's just yeah, not. It's, Adam will have to take care of you. <laughs> you know, that, that's one option. The other one is you say, oh my God, what woman is going to want to kiss you? What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't want to see, I, don't do me a favor, go and find a different dentist. I don't want to put my fingers in your mouth, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like those are two different approaches. So he says, hachiluk mishnehem. He says the difference is He says the one who is being positive to the Jewish people He's causing the Jewish neshama to go higher and higher And he's constantly talking about the greatness of the Jewish people and Kamagodo Kocham Lamaila and how they could do so much good. And therefore, the Roy Julios Manigal Yisrael. Therefore, he 
is one who's really worthy to be the leader of the Jewish people. That doesn't mean that he is the leader of the Jewish people, but he's worthy because he's a positive speaker about the neshama of the Jewish people. On the other hand, but that person who speaks toughly to the Jewish people, even though he has a positive outcome, he's not on that level. He is not in the same caliber. This person is not a leader, not fit to be the leader of the Jewish people. Although he will probably be the the person in charge of the yeshiva <laughs> and part of the and you know and, and all communal activities, you know. But uh, but really, he should be out of it because of how he speaks. Listen to this. This person who speaks good about about the Jewish people always and, and, and speaks about the greatness of the Jewish person, then all the creations in the world, they cause themselves to be forced. I'll read it in English here. What it does is all, all creations will want on their own will want on their own to cater to the Jewish people in order to carry out the purpose for which they were created, which is for the sake of Israel. The whole world was created for the Jewish people. That we know. The way that the Goyim reached their tachlis is by helping Jewish people. But what gives the non-Jew and what gives the world the energy to want to be positive to the Jewish people is by the Jewish leader speaking positively, positively about the Jewish people. Avolim eno, however, im eno misaper, omalos tzikas Yisrael. But if the Jewish leader does not speak positively about the Jewish people, then he has to force the world, and with a lot of force, to do what they have to do, which means the which means if the Jewish leadership, which is both on the lowest level, the father in the family and the mother in the family and going up and up and up in this whole situation, speak positively, then the entire outlook of the world is to want to be good to the Jewish people. But the moment that the leadership stops speaking positive about Jewish people, then the non-Jewish and the, and the entire world, not just the human beings, the, the, the whole, all the vegetation, everything, no longer wants to serve the Jewish people, but rather has to be forced to, to, to serve the Jewish people. Listen what happens. Behine Moshe Omar Bikan, in this situation here, where we're talking about Moshe was supposed to talk to the rock, and the rock would have given out water, instead he hits the rock, okay? Behine Moshe Omar Bikan, Moshe says 
negative words he said about the Jewish people. He says, Shimu no hamorim, listen you bitter Jews. That's what Moshe says. He spoke to the Jewish people with, with words that were fierce. Listen, Jews, you bitter Jews. Therefore, he had to hit the stone. What's that? Mira, I'm giving a share. I'll call you right back. But Lachain Hutzrich Lahakos Esasela. Therefore, he had to hit the rock, Lasos Mashanivra, in order to get the rock to listen and to do what it was actually created for, which was to help the Jewish people. Ki Iluhoya Mala as Israel Canal. Because if, but if he would have spoken to the Jewish people in a nicer, more positive, not nicer, in a more positive way, like God said, which was God's idea was, that he would, Moshe would only have to talk to the stone, he wouldn't have to hit the stone, and he would have said to the stone, you were created for what purpose, stone? Why were you created? Bishvil Yisrael, for the Jewish people. Behem b'malik gedola, and they're at such a high level. So tzarech atalasos. So you, Mister Stone, you have to do masha nivresa. You have to do what you were created to do. Dahainer lohotziman Yisrael, and he all that he had to do was to speak positively about the Jewish people, speak positively to the stone, and then the stone, in turn, would have functioned the way God wanted it to be, which was just talk to the stone and the world will come. Avol ata, but now, but because Moshe spoke to the Jewish people in a tough way, listen, you, know, you bitter Jews, he had to hit the stone because the stone wasn't willing to operate the way it was supposed to be. And that is what caused Moshe to have to hit the stone because he didn't speak to the Jewish people properly. When I was listening to this, I was saying to myself, what happened here? Every commentator who, the, the commentators on the news media come in two flavors. They're either anti-Israel and pro-Palestinian. That's one type. Or, and I've heard from many different, on different stations, different places, saying, how could it be? How could it be that Hamas goes, rapes, pillages, and all this, and yet in the middle of uh, University of uh, Pittsburgh, right, in the middle of nowhere, right, they're screaming from the river to the sea. How could that be? It, it does it. It, it defies, so of course, you could say it's anti-Semitism. Okay, we, we understand that. But on a higher level, like, what is going on over here? What is, what is going on over here? And then I learned this today. And to me, this is as clear as daylight. If we would speak nicely with each other, if we have that octus level together, like Moshe was supposed to speak to the Selah, if you do that, then the world changes. Then the whole world says, 
our purpose is to help the Jewish nation. They are the chosen people. And then it changes. But it's because, according to the Kedusha Slavia, it sounds like this is a direct statement about what we have to do as people in every family in every house. That's, that's what I, did, did you hear that in the, is the words? Did you, I, I think that that's what he was saying, basically, because it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Uh, for five, let's see, for 10 more minutes. Anybody have any comment on this? On the Kedusha's Levy? Okay, just a few quick things here. It says in this week's Parsha, Kisifka Shora Oivecha Ochamoro Toa. If you see your, your enemy's sheep or, 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 or big animal ashore, and it's lost, I'm sorry, it's not a sheep. It's either a, a bull or a chamor, and it's lost. You got to give it back. So that's where the mitzvah of Kirov comes from, by the way. That's the obligation of Kirov comes from this Pesach. Because if you're obligated to give back, to bring back an animal to somebody, so you're certainly obligated to give back their neshama. But I just want to just say over two famous Gemaras because Kiddush Hashem is just so, so important. And, and returning objects is part of it. I remember my kids went to Yeshiva Kitana, and I was very mocked about always trying to make a Kiddush Hashem. And I had an object that we found an object and I wanted to give it back to some non-Jewish lady. And my son's rebellion said, you're not allowed to because it's a guy. And I, I felt, I was like, no, we're going to give it back. And then the, the Rebbe showed me the Shulchan Aruch that said, you're not allowed to. But what he missed was, you know, you're not allowed to if you don't inform the guy that you're Jewish and you're doing this because you're making a Kiddush Hashem. Because the Gemara says, what are we worried about? The guy's going to receive something in the mail. He lost his wallet and he goes and he opens up his mailbox and in the mailbox is his, uh, is his wallet, right? So then he goes into the mosque, not the mosque, but he goes into the church and he says, Jesus, thank you for, you know, this tremendous miracle that I got my wallet back. And what have you done? You've been, you know, you've helped the non-Jew do some of Odazara, you know. But if you would go and you would knock on the door of Mrs. McGillicuddy and you'd say, remember Mrs. McGillicuddy, which TV show was that? That's right. So, <laughs> so if you would go and you'd say, Mrs. McGillicuddy, I found your wallet and I'm an Orthodox Jew, you know, and Orthodox Jews give back things that are, you know, not theirs. So that's a Kiddush Hashem, so then you do it. So there's a Gemara, it's actually a Medrash. Shema ben Shetach was very poor. Shema ben Shetach was a, was a Tana. He was very poor. And he told his, uh, he, he, he went to his 
students, and he told them to buy him a, a donkey <coughs> or something. He was a donkey. He buys the donkey, and the, and the uh, students find out that there's like a jewel, a diamond that's stuck in the hair of this donkey. So they tell his Rebbe, they tell the Rebbe, a miracle happened. Now God, you know, God gave you a gift. You got all this money now. And Shemeshetach said, I bought, a, I bought a donkey. I didn't buy a diamond. And he goes back to the non-Jew and says, gives, gives it back. And the non-Jew says, Baruch Shema ben Shetach. Blessed be the God of Shema ben Shetach. Another situation is Chanina ben Dosa, Gemartinus. It says in the Gemartinus, I'll read it to you because it's such a nice, such a nice story. Somebody once left some chickens. Some nice little chickies. You know, chickens are very interesting. They look very nice as a, have as a, you know, as a little, little, you know, little pet, little pet, little chickies. You know. What a mess. They make <laughs> such a freaking mess. It's like birds. Birds make a lot of mess. Chickens make a lot of mess. It's a bird. It's a bird. Someone once left some chickens <clears throat> near the door of Rabbi Chanina Mendoza. Rabbi Chanina Mendoza's wife found the chickens and took care of them, hoping that the owner would eventually return. The chickens multiplied until it was too much of a burden to keep them. So they sold the chickens and they bought goats with the proceeds. Okay, now they have a whole farm. A while later, the man who had lost the chickens passed by Bilchanina Bendosa's house and mentioned to his friend, here's where I once left my chickens. You guys know what was going on. The guy was accusing probably, you know, Reb Shem, Rabbi Hanina Bendosa were taking his chickens because that's the way people are. You know, the, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't allowed to go into the treasury with cuffs in his pants. They didn't wear pants, they wore togas, but he wasn't, he, they couldn't have a cuff. Why? Because Moshe's going to go and steal some pieces of, of gold. It's a crazy. Rabbi Hanina Bendosa. Yeah, so so here, yeah, so Rabbi Hanina Bendosa heard the remark and asked the man if he had any signs that he could use to identify the chickens. After the person mentioned an excess, acceptable sign, Rabbi Hanina Bendosa gave the goats to this guy. You know, it's a big deal, making a Kiddush Hashem. Is a big thing. Gemara Baba Metzia, this Yushami Baba Metzia. I'll read this and then we'll stop because we have to eat because the bellies are hungry. Poor, <laughs> this poor guy here, look at him. He's so hungry. He's so hungry. <laughs> anyway, so it says Rav Shimon, it says Shmuel Bar Sharasti went to Rome. This is Gemara Yushami Baba Metzia. So. The person was either a Tana or a Namora, right? We're talking about big people over here. So he goes to Rome, and he found jewels that the queen had lost. I never found anything that anybody lost. 
they always finding things. I don't. I never find anything. I never win anything. How many people have ever won anything at all these like Chinese auctions, auctions, Chinese <laughs> auctions? Did you ever win? It's always the same people. They're always winning. They never win. Did you ever win anything? Never. I have a Not friend. Not actually win anything either. I have a friend. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a friend. One guy. And he, uh, the post, there was a time, it goes back about 15 years ago, the, uh, the New York Post, what they were doing was if you bought a New York State lotto and you didn't win, then they put your, you were able to submit your, your, your non-winning ticket, lottery ticket, and then they were going, to, then they did a second, a secondary lottery for I think it was like fifteen or $20,000. Right. So, so he goes and he puts it in. And he called me up, I'll never forget, he called me up. It was about 11 o'clock at night and he said, I can't believe it. But I, I just looked in, I, I just won. I just won. You know, and he was just in heaven. The next day he went and there were like 10,000 people. They made a mistake and the numbers. He was just broken, you know. Who wins? Nobody wins these things. Anyway, not knowing that the jewels had already been found, the queen issued a public proclamation. If somebody will return the jewels within 30 days, he will receive a reward. If, however, somebody will return the jewels after 30 days, his head will be chopped off. I like those type of kings. You know, you go and you, you go jaywalking off with your head. You know what I mean? None of these games. You know what I mean? We, we live in a world of games. You know, if you're, I'm not going to say anything because I think we have a Democrat here. <laughs> but it, it seems that I think so. But it, you know, if you're a Democrat, you could do anything. If you're a Republican, off with your head. I don't know. But all I know is that those were days when the kings were kings, where men were men. What was the TV show? Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker. Were all men. The, all the family. Right. All in the family. When men were men and women were women, women weren't men. And when, he, and you know, we know the problem. He doesn't know. He never. This guy over here. He grew up in Wokeland. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anybody who's under twenty, they don't know. They think that this is normal. <laughs> they think that they think that AOC should be. A congresswoman in New York. They don't, they don't, anyway. Well, anyway. If, however, if, however, somebody will return the jewels after 30 days, his head will be chopped off. What do you think Reb Shmuel did? What do you think he did? Yeah. They did it back on Thursday so that he'd be in Ireland. Reb Shmuel waited until 30 days passed. And then he returned the jewels. So the queen says to him, you weren't in the country when the proclamation was issued? I made a proclamation. I'm going to cut off your head if you don't give it back by 30 days. The queen asked him, 
No, he says, I was, replied Rav Shmuel. You didn't hear the proclamation, asked the queen. I did, replied Rav Shmuel. So if so, asked the queen, why didn't you return the jewels within 30 days? I didn't want you to think I'm returning the jewels because I fear you. My sole motivation was fear of heaven, replied Rav Shmuel. And the queen said, blessed be the God of the Jewish people. That's how we have to live our lives. We have to get back to the time when making a Kiddush Hashem was what mattered. And I spoke about this last week. I spoke about it two nights ago. I'm telling you, there was a time when a mother and a father and a grandmother and a grandfather would pound it into your brain. Don't make a chil Hashem. Don't make a chil Hashem. You know? I'll tell you, is the machine off? Mm. It'll be off. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry.